This is the first time. Chirp Radio's live storytelling and music series recorded at Martyrs in Chicago's North Center neighborhood. Here's your host, Jen Sodini. Next guest, Saya Hillman, is fancy. She, like, this is like a killer lineup of, like, fucking top names in Chicago. She's the head of Mac and Cheese Productions. She's been in Forbes, the New York Times. She's given a TEDx top talk. She's, like, a creator of experiences. She's sort of like a lifestyle, ex- lifestyle experiential creator. Check out Mac and Cheese Productions. Guys, give it up for Saya. Okay, <clears throat> so recently I sat crying in a coffee house as greatest love of all streamed through my earbuds. In sixth grade, I had a palm-sized turquoise notebook and on each page inked the name of a classmate. Every time one of them did something to me, I'd notate. <laughs> Jessica, let me borrow her highlighter. Sarah, saw me at the limited, said hi. Brad said I look fat in my new skirt. Brooke asked if I showered. (laughs) Though I would like to say I chose Boston College due to its strong academics, list of esteemed alum, and focus on community service, it's it's fair to question if I chose BC because it's a live manifestation of a J. Crew catalog. Rich, white, preppy, pretty, happy, normal, all traits to which I aspired as a child. So when people inquire, have you always been full of life, outgoing, confident? I snort. Coffee house greatest love of all brought me back to the moment I think of whenever asked, have you always been this way? 1986, third grade, the year I began to flower into a woman in the sense that I began to want to change everything about myself. (laughs) My biracial frizz curls, the new way I towered over boys, the new way I outweighed every girl, It was a weird time when you get picked first in Red Rover because you can bust through the twig arms of your classmates, but also when you realize there were other ways to be picked, like who waves you over in the cafeteria and what party invitations land in your mailbox or don't land in your mailbox. I don't recall my thought, thought process when the Caravalli Montessori School Talent Show was announced. I surmised that my newfound body angst and comparison shame kept me in the wings, but I do very clearly recall the talent show entries of Courtney Langston and Lisa Jones. Pretty Courtney Langston, the type of girl who had two parents, a house on the north side, and a duvet on her bed. While her adorable older brother strummed the guitar, I imagine he smelled like the ocean, she sang Twist and Shout. I stared, mesmerized. Courtney tilted her head up towards the spotlight. She power posed 31 years before power posing was a thing. She floated over every inch of the stage until landing smack in the center. When I forced myself to take improv because it sounded like the worst thing ever and I stupidly liked challenging myself, the teachers would repeat, get off the wall, a note for us to stop defaulting to the back of the stage. When in our lives do we start gravitating towards the back until we are plastered against the back, rooted in the back, preferring the back? 
When does the spotlight start to tremble our insides and cause us to think not of all the ways we can shine, but of all the ways we can falter? That memo had not reached Courtney. She had a self-assurance for which I salivated. A few acts later, perfect Lisa Jones. She had perfect teeth that perfectly reflected that her mother was a perfect dentist. I, on the other hand, had a cartoonish overbite and a tooth gap in which you could squeeze a baby carrot. If we had had class rank in third grade, I'm sure she would have been first. She had the aura of a number one. She was quiet but not shy, tiny but mighty. What I imagine Queen Elizabeth was like as a child if Queen Elizabeth was American and black. <clears throat> Recorded instrumental music crackled through the speakers. Lisa began to whisper, saying, I believe the children are the future. <laughs> Teach them well and let them leave the way. I leaned forward to meet her words faster. What was this song? Who was Whitney Houston? How did Lisa know about it, about her? I wanted to know it and her too. I decided long ago never to walk in anyone's shadow. Lisa's eyes filled, glistening puddles perched on the edge, threatening to jump. And they jumped. Tears cascaded down her cheeks. I stared, mesmerized. She didn't wipe them away. She didn't run off stage. She whisper cried every single word. A tiny yet mighty singing statue rooted center stage, refusing to quit. Truly the little engine that could. The 1986 chart topper seeped into my soul in that auditorium. But over the years, instead of bubbling and rising, it sank, buried beneath punches of, you're fat, you smell, you can't sit here. My inner Whitney cowered in the corner. But then in college, I discovered the joy of using my skill set to help other people and to help myself, and that my differences made me memorable and exotic. With each semester, I stood taller and slowly sprouted through young adulthood. Full-sized Whitney emerged in my early 30s in, of all places, Maryville, Indiana. <laughs> I had been dating a guy for six months. I tried not to get how I immediately got in previous relationships, writing my first name with his last name, envisioning our wedding, wondering if he'd move in with me or if we'd find a new place together. What neighborhood is a compromise between Bridgeport and Roscoe Village? How does that even work? <laughs> I like liked Pete. He invited me to a friend's wedding. We lay side by side on the still-made embassy suites bed, talking intensely about nothing. I attempted to change his stance on olives, decidedly against, and shared my 1990s Bulls knowledge to show that while now I could care less about sports, there was a time when I listened to 670 The Score and bought the newspaper just for the sports section. He attempted to convince me why dark meat was an obvious choice over white meat and to leave behind my Yahoo account and give Gmail another try. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, for some reason, one of us started singing Greatest Love of All, as if that was a perfectly normal, natural, late afternoon, Maryville, Indiana thing to do. 
the other one seamlessly and immediately joined in, which is how I found myself horizontally co-belting Whitney with a guy I hoped was the guy. Our duet, how he harmonized, how he was all in, how he gave and took, squeezed my heart, and then heart burst. Today's popular yes queen reaction was not a reaction yet born in 1986, but the first time Whitney crooned greatest love had to be its germination, specifically after the line, if I fail, if I succeed, specifically, specifically after the second time she sings, if I fail, if I succeed, if I fail, if I succeed, with each if. Whitney Wonder Woman's you, and you become pretty and perfect. And if you are going to sing Greatest Love of All, you must follow suit, which is how I knew on that Maribel, Indiana bed that I had found my best friend. When we got to the second, if I fail, if I succeed, without prompts or discussion, at full throttle, we both appropriately enunciated the fuck out of the ifs. <laughs> Pete lightbulbed me. This is how relationships should be. Find the one who rolls around in your weirdness with you. A month later, we traveled to Amsterdam, Paris, and Bruges. A year later, he moved in. Three years later, we married. He's sitting here in the front row. Hi, Pete. Pretty Courtney's front and center stage position and perfect Lisa's resolute imperfection cemented within me that. That's what I want, where I want to stand, whom I want to be. Though it took upwards of 30 years to reach full brightness, Courtney and Lisa lightbulbed me. Twist and shout and greatest love of all eventually emitted from my pores. I tired of being the ugly duckling I was in elementary school, the mute I was in middle school, the shadow I was in high school. Not that I transformed into a supermodel or the most interesting girl in the world, but I do believe I became in and out beautiful when I embodied what my classmates embodied on that stage. I learned to work with what I had instead of longing for what I didn't. I stopped comparing and I became good enough just as I am. Not that I wouldn't like to lose a few pounds or be able to draw or speak another language or hammer stuff, but <laughs> I move and live and dream in spite of wants. Wants don't hold me back. I get up on stage, I float to all corners of the stage, I power pose center stage. Sometimes I am Courtney and perform exactly as planned, even better than planned, wide smile, wide arms, and I'm the best in the room. And sometimes I am Lisa. My voice wavers and tears stream and everyone is better than me and I question why I even bothered to get out of bed. And I embrace both girls. As Whitney says, it's a lonely place to be looking for someone else to fulfill your needs, so learn to depend on yourself. So the next time someone asks, have you always been this way? I will respond, I believe the children are our future. <laughs> and when I get to, if I fail, if I succeed, they'll get it. They'll get that my journey to how I became this way is one of learning to love myself, stretch marks, and turquoise notebook included, and that is truly the greatest love of all. song this is, do you? We could all use a good cry. Let's cry together, shall we? 
the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride to make it easier. Let the children's laughter remind us how we used to be. Everybody's searching for a hero. People need someone to look up to. I never found anyone who fulfilled my need. A lonely place to be. So I learned to depend on me. I decided long ago never to walk in anyone's shadows. If I fail, if I succeed, at least I lived as I believed. No matter what they take from me, they can't take away my dignity. Because the greatest love is happening to me. from me.
chance that special place that you've been dreaming of leads you to a lonely place find your strength in love Scott Stevenson. You've been listening to a Chirp Radio podcast of our live storytelling and music series, The First Time. Our storyteller was Saya Hillman. In The First Time 3, performed The Greatest Love of All by Whitney Houston. The First Time 3 is Liam Davis, Gerald Dowd, and Scott Stevenson. To hear more first-time pieces, check out the series' website, firsttime.chirpradio.org. And you can hear other podcasts produced by the station at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Chirp Radio, hear what's next. <laughs>